You're listening to the Essential Stepmom Podcast. Unconventional advice and inspiration on the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy Poisner, mom of one, stepmom of three. I woke up one day after more than 10 years of step parenting challenges like alienation, loyalty, high conflict, and long distances, and found myself standing in what appeared to be the actual light at the end of the tunnel. This podcast is my way of shining that light back over my shoulder so you and all the others can find your way here too. If you want more of what you hear on this podcast, connect with me at EssentialStepMom.com where you'll find my blog, podcast show notes, and other stepmom-related resources. This is the first of three parts that I'm planning to do about... The topic of parental alienation, which is something that is part of most of our lives as stepmoms. I think that, you know, I'm always really happy when I hear about a family where that's not happening at all, but truthfully, it's kind of a a rare thing, um, unfortunately, because divorce and separation are such a painful thing to happen, Um, and many spouses tend to want to punish the the other partner for various reasons and the most obvious way to get to someone is through their kids right Um, this is part of why I was so uh, feeling so passionate about the story of separating families at the border uh, in the US you know it was of course it's a way to uh, manage a situation that is politically difficult but um, it really strikes at the heart of a parent to be separated from their child in the worst possible way. Um, So as I said, this will be in three parts. What I'm gonna talk about today is stuff that you can do on the practical end, uh, legal supports that you can have, things that you can put in place to help you from a practical point of view. the, the next session that I'm going to do is really about talking with the kids, um, what to say, what not to say, how to say, how to express yourself, how to help them to express themselves. And the third part is going to be all about supporting you to get through this because this is uh, a waiting game. It's a long game and this is about very often sitting on the sidelines until it's your turn to sink a couple of baskets and win the game and uh, you can imagine how frustrating it must feel for a a member of a sports team who knows that they can you know run in and make an amazing contribution but there's a strategy at play and you have to wait uh, you have to wait for the right time to get the right result that you want And you have to remember that uh, really what you're looking for is the kind of relationship that is going to be positive and stable for all the rest of your life. And that these months or few years that this is happening um, are not the only part of the game or the story, as the case may be. And I wanted to tell you that some of you may be on some of the other stepmom groups on Facebook where I posted questions in our in our group too in this spectacular stepmom I asked people last week to comment if they had themselves been alienated as a child uh, after 
a divorce or separation. And it got a huge amount of comments. Everywhere that I posted it, there was a lot of engagement. People were very anxious to talk about their own history and what had happened to them. But I can tell you that the overwhelming majority of people who had experienced some kind of alienation had reconnected with the parent um, it, a number of years later, sometimes in their teenage years, sometimes in adulthood, but almost without exception, it caused a very significant strain in their relationship with the parent who had alienated them. So it's a, it's a terrible thing to have to wait through this, but it almost always comes out in the end in favor of the targeted parent, the one who is uh, kept away from the kids. So for whatever that, for whatever support that might give you, that's the way that this tends to go. Speaking to grown-ups who can talk to the very long picture of how this, of how this syndrome works and what happens. Um, so alienation happens on a spectrum from obviously from mild to severe. So the mild end would be subtle comments about the other parent or the step parent that cause the child to not like the other parent or to be afraid of them or to be suspicious of them or to not want to get close to them. Um, and that goes all the way through outright lies about the other parent and eventually to um, you know, kidnapping a child and really not having any contact at all or knowing how to get in touch with them or whether they're okay. So it's, um, it's difficult to use the same word to describe all of those situations that are so, so different in how severe they are. Uh, but we don't really have any other words and they are part of the same, like I said, a, a spectrum on which this kind of activity happens. We have to remember that the kids are the actual victim of this, okay? Like we're adults who hopefully can um, use all of our resources to manage this kind of situation, but the kids have no resources and they are completely connected for all of their um, survival and their safety on the parent who has them most of the time. And that's just a reality. So in all of my work with my clients, uh, I'm always focusing on finding a way to go together in the direction of nature, finding a way to follow what's natural, to understand what's natural, and to make our interventions be in harmony with what's happening naturally anyway. That's the best way always to get results. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do, okay? So um, remember that the kids are just surviving. They're doing what they have to do to survive living with this parent who either they feel a little bit afraid of or who they feel like they have to take care of and um, both of those things as you know if you're dealing with this are very very hard to overcome so just do what you can to support them and don't try to ask too much of them sometimes um, sometimes they they can't find a way to talk to you or to visit with you and that's just how it has to be for now but remember that you have to be glad to see them when they want to come around so 
don't make anything worse for them by applying subtle pressure from the other side that they need to react somehow differently with the parent that they live with more of the time. Just be happy when you can see them and try not to dump your own frustration on them to make things even worse. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is to stay positive. This is the positive mindset that I'm always talking about. Um, this is the high vibe, <coughs> excuse me, the high vibe mindset. It's so important to put in the work that it takes to do this because chronic negative thinking and emotional heaviness is harmful to you, it's harmful to them. Um, it's addictive, really, chemically. It's addictive to, to feel certain feelings of anger and self-righteousness and anxiety, hatred. Those feelings are addictive and it's a cycle that's really hard to get out of. And that energy is completely counterproductive for the kids and for what you're trying to turn around here. It's a counterproductive energy. So it takes a lot of work on everything to do with, with your mindset to stay in a positive frame of mind even though this terrible circumstances are around you, okay? So here are 10 things that you can do to mitigate, you know, to improve a situation of parental alienation and also things that you can do to prevent it from happening in the first place. And please be aware that this is something that can happen at any moment of your relationship, of, of dad's relationship with his kids, okay? Things might be okay in the beginning, and then you announce that you're getting married a few years down the road, and now the alienation starts. Or everything's okay for a while, and now you have a new baby coming, and now the alienation starts. So it's important to consider that you're always operating in a way that is designed to make things smooth and to not stimulate the desire in the other parent to alienate the kids from you. So 10 things that you can do and you can write them down and if you hear me saying one that you especially love, even if you're watching on replay, type in the number, okay? Or type in something so that other people can uh, follow along and know where we are in the video because the minutes come up. So if somebody wants to come back to a certain thing that I talked to, if you type in something, they'll know exactly where to look on the video, okay? Number one, get a court order or at least a separation agreement. It's very important for, uh, for things to be in place according to the law, okay? If you have been married or uh, even living together and you separate, there are legal issues that apply whether you like them or not. And it's important for the kids that the law can step in to protect them if need be from one or both of their parents. So some kind of legal agreement is a wonderful thing to have. I will share with you that we did not have such an agreement. And um, you know, that was because my husband didn't feel that he wanted to press for something like that. But then later on, you know, I think we were sorry that we didn't have it because uh, it wasn't possible to enforce certain regular visits that the kids would have wished to have, but eventually they had to ask for, and then they didn't want to ask for it because it wasn't 
well received. So um, I would say it, it also having a, having a court order or a, a, a separation agreement or visiting a mediator, it helps you to stay positive and to keep an open mind about co-parenting, which is, it's so important. The co-parenting is the gold standard of blended families where the parents can speak to each other and um, help things to go smoothly. Make sure that something is written into the agreement about ensuring that both parents refrain from making negative comments about each other. That should be written in and both parents sign off on that. Okay, it's a good reminder that it doesn't matter what kind of family situation you're in or what one parent may or may not have done, it is never, ever, ever a good idea to involve the kids in your feelings about that. Uh, their feelings are separate from your feelings and whatever kind of crappy wife or husband one or the other may have been, uh, they may not be a, a bad parent or a bad mother or father, even if they are a bad parent, according to what we think about providing the basic needs of life and those sorts of things. Um, you only ever have one mother and one father and you have a right, every child has a right to love whatever good part uh, of their parent that they choose to hold in their heart, okay? So that was number two, never say anything negative to the child about their other parent or the other step-parent. Number three, consider asking for a guardian ad litem, litem. Guardian ad litem is a court-appointed advocate for the child, okay? So sometimes courts will appoint a special, it's not, not a lawyer, but a special person who acts in the court setting only to advocate for the child. And they don't work for you or for the other parent. They essentially work for the interests of the child. So that means that they're also going to visit your home and ask you certain questions uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come out exactly the way that you want, but this person is going to uh, work hard to make sure that the child's best interests are being considered. Number four, use a communication tool like Talking Parents or Our Family Wizard. Those are just two. There are others for sure, um, but these are things that uh, allow you to communicate with each other like messenger, like uh, text message, but everything is recorded. All the times of the phone calls or the um, text messages and the exact content are recorded and stamped and they are admissible in court. And this is something that um, helps maintain a civil tone when both, when both parties know that whatever they're saying is on the record and can be seen by by a judge or by another lawyer. Um, it, it keeps the tone civil. It also prevents a kind of situation where you're getting uh, bombed with phone calls or text messages, you know, every 60 seconds for, for hours or people do all kinds of crazy things. So that would also be on the record because every message is recorded and the time of it is recorded. Um, they also have um, possibility of emergency contact so that if you need to or want to set some boundaries around when you respond to messages if there's a real emergency 
uh, there can be a way that you're informed that you really this time need to speak to the other parent. Number five, keep a diary of visits, activities, expenses, and any incidents that you need to record. Okay, it's really important uh, if you ever need to go to court um, for custody purposes or whatever, it's important to have such a written record of the dates when things happen, of illnesses, of injuries, of doctor visits, um, whatever, whatever happened. So it's hard for me to suggest this one because it really goes against the, the positivity that I was talking about earlier before I started this list of things. Um, keeping such a diary can be a very negative, heavy activity to do. So you must do a gratitude journal as an antidote to this, okay? At the end of every day, you, in a separate book, you sit down and write five things that happened that day that you're really grateful for. And uh, I think that that can be a, a wonderful antidote to the negative activity of keeping a, a diary of essentially things that you're uh, marking down, you know, in case. Number six. If you find that you have court orders that are being ignored, then uh, you should use legal means to try to address that because that's why you have a court order. It's supposed to be followed and if it's not being followed, the courts should uh, be able to appropriately enforce that. Um, there is a company called Legal Shield who, uh, it's a kind of a monthly membership thing and they will refer you to a lawyer in your own area who has been vetted and approved and who agrees to work uh, for members of Legal Shield at a reduced rate. So um, I'll tell you a nice story here. This is a, a good moment to share this one. When I, I, put out, um, I put out a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago asking for anyone who had had a positive experience with parental alienation using the courts and I really only found one person or that's not true there were a few people but you know people said yes $50,000 later we got custody of the kids and it's all okay now but you know certainly in my case that would never have been an option we you know it just would not have been an option to spend that kind of um, financial resource um, in the courts. So the woman who I spoke to told me that Legal Shield had been a 100% success for her. They were referred to a lawyer in their community who they had previously contacted but who was too expensive for them and who worked for them through Legal Shield and who did two separate custody cases for them because there are actually two bio moms in her situation. Uh, they did uh, they did a, um, uh, uh, a case of reducing the, the child welfare payments and two cases of custody and over seven years she said I think maybe we spent four thousand dollars in total <coughs> in, uh, in legals to have full custody of two kids so she was extremely positive about her experience with Legal Shield 
and uh, I would encourage anybody who belongs to yeah no kidding I would encourage anybody who belongs to Legal Shield if you are not getting that kind of service uh, that you should be that you know they have a customer service uh, number that you can call and the whole point of this business is to prevent people from being soaked by lawyers for important issues so um, you definitely give it a try okay it's a very low membership fee and that was what this woman said we thought well okay it's gonna cost us 35 bucks to join like it's a gamble of $35 and then it was completely totally worth it um, she said her husband didn't see his son at all for four years between the age of about two and six and after uh, working and they had been to court many times by themselves without a lawyer and then after using a lawyer through Legal Shield, uh, first they got visitation and then eventually they got full custody. Uh, and that was because the boy wanted to, to live with them. So I appreciate that every situation is different and of course there's no, there are no guarantees. But her experience was overwhelmingly positive. So please look up Legal Shield and check them out in your area. Number seven. If you have no choice, if your husband has no choice and his kids are being really withheld from visits, um, choose monitored visits over having no visits, okay? Even if you have to suck it up and, you know, overcome the sting to your ego of only being able to connect with your kids through a monitored visit, that kind of visit is better than no visit at all because the kids are potentially being told that the other parent doesn't care or doesn't want to see them or um, you know uh, isn't putting in some effort so monitored visits are definitely better than no visits at all so I would encourage you to um, I would encourage you to accept that kind of restriction instead of um, instead of not going at all and of course that will look better eventually if you ever go to court um, it looks better that you were participating in these kind of supervised visits and it also means that the other parent has to actually bring the child and show up for those visits so if there's a game of you know suddenly not allowing the child to come or or being late or not arriving or whatever then again it's on the record that you were there and the supervisor was there and the child didn't arrive and that's not going to go down well eventually right number eight consider some kind of counseling therapy for the child um, if that's possible during the time that you have them uh, it's really important for kids to be able to tell their story to a third party who oh my goodness it's sunny to a third party who is not part of their story who's not involved in the story who doesn't have a, a vested interest in one side or the other kids need to talk about how they're feeling and what's going on and they need to be able to do that in confidence and with the clear idea that it's not going to get back to either of their parents so counseling is a great great investment and I highly recommend it if you find that you are not able to have any contact at all with the child, um, consider 
sending letters anyway. It's definitely Christmas cards, birthday cards, and regular letters. You can send letters by registered mail that where the whoever picks up the mail, you know, the mailman comes to the door, you have to sign for it. So you will have a record that, you know, you have been delivering letters that even if they just say, I love you, I miss you, I'm looking forward to the next time that I can see you telling a little bit of your news, whatever it might be, I would totally refrain from saying anything again negative about the other parent. But um, either having letters that have been returned to you or having a record of registered letters that have been received will be another good thing way down the road to help a child process what has happened uh, because very often the kids are being told that you you don't want to see them or you're not making any effort and if you can eventually show that this is what was going on it will help them to process the reality of of what happened and I have to I have to add something here I'll, we'll talk about this more in the next section what, uh, about how to talk to kids but it's really important for you to understand that that the kids are in a bind and it's not just about which parent to live with or which one to believe but the idea that um, that your let's say your mother I know that that obviously there are custodial dads who do this as well but uh, the people I'm talking to right now are living with a dad and we're referring to the mom who would be the alienating parent so it is so painful for a child to think that their mother would lie to them about something important that's almost a bigger hurt than thinking that their dad doesn't want to see them. It, it sounds weird, but that's a bigger hurt. So on some level, it doesn't really help them or it doesn't serve them emotionally to know that their mother is lying. That's a big, big, big hurdle to overcome and it will take them a long time to get over that. So give it space and don't try to put it in in anybody's face okay number 10 is about other ways to communicate when you can't make a phone call or uh, or visit or see them in person I'll tell you that my husband spent years really years calling his kids every day and the routine there was that uh, the phone would ring four, five, six times and go to the answering machine. And then he would call again and it would ring four or five, however many times, and go to the answering machine. And he would call a third time and it would ring four times and then one of the kids would pick up the phone. That was the routine every single day for years and years. So I. I think you can understand uh, how hard that must have been for him and how hard it would be for anybody who was going through that kind of um, rejection but that was what the kids had to do to make it okay with their mom that they would grudgingly talk to their dad and he had to accept that that was the case um, 
and now many years later, if you know my story, you know that they, they live with us full time. And, it, you know, it's very hard for them to think back to those times and how they, how they believed that they were doing the right thing at the time. So if you can't get through any other way, learn to send what I call a heart message. And this came from, I, I used to do this with my daughter when she was a little girl. We would sit around and I, and I would say, okay, I'm gonna send you a heart message now. And I would close my eyes and, you know, just send her a message from my heart. And then I would say, did you get it? And she'd say, I did, I'm gonna send you one now. And she would send me a heart message. And you can get good at that. So I think that if nothing else, you should be regularly sending that kind of heart message. Send a message from your heart of love and how much you miss them and how you're looking forward to seeing them and that you know that it's gonna work out. And that can be something that gives you, that gives you a lot of hope and, and it should do. And I also believe that they will be receiving that. They will. And they'll, they'll know inside uh, what your intentions are and what your feeling is for them. Okay? So those are the 10 things. They're not the only 10 things for sure, but those are 10 strategies that you can use right now to improve whatever alienation is happening to prevent it from ever starting in your household um, and tomorrow we're going to talk about how to talk to the kids about this for people who do have some contact how to talk to the kids what to say what not to say okay the next episode is not tomorrow but next week in episode 10 my guest kim wilson will share her experiences as a severely alienated child back in the 1970s. I think it's incredibly valuable to hear from a grown-up what it was like to be a kid hearing lies from the parent they trust. It's a message of hope, and if your child or stepchild is being alienated from you, I hope you'll give it a listen. I think it's pretty hard to assess the toll that this kind of situation takes on a step-parent. The pain is real, even if the child in question is not your biological child. I help stepmoms conquer the particular emotional challenges of parental alienation, both in a personal one-on-one -on -one setting and through my group coaching program called Stepmom Success Lab, which is starting up again on September 1st. This program is an awesome way to get individual attention from me, as well as a private support community, while you work through five course modules by video or audio, just like this, at your own pace. You can find a link for more information about this program in the description of this episode.